0: Next on BYU Sports Nation, 2016 was an interesting one for BYU football. How would you describe the past year for the Cougars on the Gridiron?
1: And it's a Maddich Tuesday. It's usually Maddish Monday, but today it's a Trevor Tuesday. Trevor Maddish joins us, and we're going to take a look at the bowl and the state of BYU football. We may even ask him a little bit about the national championship uh, race here.
0: Plus, Cassie Broadhead joins us in Studio B to help preview conference play for women's hoops. Let's go.
1: This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by The BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Now from Studio B, your hosts, Jason Shepard and Blaine Fowler.
0: BYU Sports Nation is live in radio vision, presented by The BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere tuesday december twenty seventh wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. My name is Jason Shepard, teamed up with a man who has never returned a Christmas gift Blaine
1: fallon no i don't believe in that. I think we should be grateful and use it, even if it looks hideous, you should even wear it even if you're
0: never going to use it and you should you, uh, or no, think about it again you
1: should use it if you get it as a gift, you should use it, and you should wear it if it looks hideous don't you it ass- don't
0: you immediately assume. Like, when you're buying something, in the back of your mind, you have to know that there's at least a chance that the person is going to take it otherwise, otherwise, you wouldn't keep a receipt. I'm, we all keep receipts for that very reason. I'm
1: not offended when they take mine back, but I just, just for the record, I don't take back gifts because I, I just feel like you should keep them. If somebody gave it to you, you should use it and you should keep it.
0: How was your Christmas, by the way? It was
1: fantastic. We had the whole family here. All the kids here. We don't get that very often. Even Dallas and Libby you got to fly home. They had a couple of day respite, and then they... Christmas night, I took him up to the airport in the snow, and they flew back to El Paso or back to Palo Alto, and now and then down to El Paso for the Sun Bowl. So we Getting even got we even got them. David Shaw gave him a couple of days off and let him come home for. Christmas. What'd
0: you get for Christmas? Anything? Anything you'd like to divulge?
1: My favorite thing, and my kids put together a book for me that was uh, the Fowler family summer vacation, mm-hmm. like a bound hardback. Have you ever seen these things? Like yeah, like a all like the a photos, book. like the story of our family vacation. Nice. Which to me, I just I, I'll have that, and I. I've already been through it about ten times. I love That's my favorite thing to get is memories.
0: See, my favorite Christmas gift was not something I received. It's actually something that I got for my son. Uh, and the, the hot Christmas item, and we are actually talking about this last Thursday with Spencer, uh, That after stocking a specific uh, electronics store, we were able to get a Nintendo Entertainment System Classic Mini. Like no. the gift this year that was like sold out. But it's got like thirty games on it, and I'm not a gamer. I don't. I don't play video games. It's just not my thing. But since we since we got that, it has it has Tecmo Bowl on there. Like the old Tecmo, like Tecmo Bowl, the original, the original Tecmo Bowl. Okay, that's very so cool. for like the last twenty four forty eight hours, I have been playing nonstop Tecmo Bowl, and I had forgotten about the blisters that you get with those controllers on your thumb. Yes, but like it was it was like a it was painful, but you had a good memory. I'm like ah. It Tecmo takes Bowl, me back to my youth.
1: It's a classic. It's great. E- even today's guys, even today's players, Tech Mobile is cool to them because it's, it's it's throwback stuff.
0: Well, and now you've got the the, the car commercial that has the Tech yeah. Mobile uh, theme with Bo Jackson yes. and the Boz, Brian Bosworth. It was it was great. But if I'd you respect the, the game, blisters on the if fun. you
1: respect the game of football, you have to respect Tech Mobile.
0: And who doesn't want a punt? Yes, kick? yes. That's what I, <laughs> so we're not going to punt it. We're going to punt kick. All right, here's today's oh, BYU Sports Station headlines.
1: Right back to Williams. Into the end zone, touchdown!
0: Five for Jamal! That was BYU's running back, Jamal Williams, with his fifth touchdown against Toledo. And BYU's all-time leading rusher, Jamal Williams, signed with agent Lee Steinberg over the holiday weekend as he prepares for his NFL career. Jamal will also participate in the Reese's Senior Bowl coming up on the 27th of January in Mobile, Alabama. Not bad when Jerry Maguire wants to sign, right?
1: Good for Jamal. Awesome stuff. Hey, Kyle Van Noy and Daniel Sorensen both did well this weekend in wins for their teams. Van Noy had seven tackles for the Patriots. Love that he's with the Patriots. Sorensen. Recorded three tackles, a forced fumble, and a win over the Broncos. In fact, didn't he force the fumble and recover? He it? did. He forced the he fumble, forced fumble it and, recovered, and it. recovered. Two other Cougars had big games and losses. Ziggy Ansah, seven tackles and one sack, and a loss to the Cowboys last night on Monday Night Football. And then Dennis Pitta. How about Dennis? Eight receptions for 75 yards and a Ravens loss to the Steelers. He is back, folks.
0: Yeah, it's nice to see that he was able to make it through the year healthy. Yes. And that, not only that, but to be able to produce certainly sets up a, a good year for, uh, for the Ravens next season. Jimmer Fredette scored 43 points and had seven boards and four assists in a Christmas Day win. Jimmer was also named a CBA All Star over the weekend. Congratulations to Jimmer. Fredette leads the league in scoring at 39.1 points per game.
1: That's ridiculous. Like if that's, you, that's, if that's you a, score that's a decent if afternoon, if you score 39 a game in junior high, you're doing good <laughs> in high school. But that's. And there's some decent players. Obviously, the talent level is not there that it is in the NBA, but phenomenal. Jimmer's got his stroke back. And Absolutely. And I'd love to see him back here in, in the United States in the NBA. How about Tyler Haas over the Christmas weekend? He had nine points and two assists and a win for Anvil in Poland. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Right down the middle.
0: Allen pump fake. Out of the pocket, Allen looking downfield, intercepted! Kai Nakua picks it off! A high-risk throw, and BYU's interception leader salts it away in San Diego! Well, that's how the season began and ended for BYU football, a win on Jake Oldroyd's field goal, In the season opener against Arizona and Kainakua's pick that sealed the deal in the Poinsettia Bowl as BYU defeated Wyoming. And just like those plays, everything in the middle... Was a roller coaster. The 2016 BYU football season featured the Cougars' toughest schedule, a new head coach and coaching staff, a fifth year, 26 year old quarterback, in case you hadn't heard that, by the way, and BYU's all time leading rusher in Jamal Williams. It was certainly an eventful year that ended with nine wins, Blaine.
1: Yeah, and after a one and three start, who'd have thunk it, right? Absolutely. I mean, we, we were thrilled that they got to nine wins. We would have been thrilled at the beginning of the year. But after that one and three start, I think there were some of us that doubted. I I
0: doubted. Well, and this team won eight of nine to end the year. Which brings us to our Twitter question, Blake.
1: And that is, how would you define the 2016 BYU football season in one sentence? So use the hashtag BYUSN and tweet out. We've already gotten a few that have been coming in, how would you define it? Yeah,
0: our, our first tweet comes from at Crazy Cook Fanatic. Uh, she says, from the first to last snap, it was a nonstop, heart throbbing roller coaster ride <laughs> and compelling entertainment.
1: It certainly was. It that.
0: certainly did not lack for entertainment. There's no question about that. That's what happens when you play so many close games, which is one of the things that for me, I would describe this year. When I think back on the 2016 football season, I'm going to remember just how close these games were. Eight points were in the four losses. BYU's four losses by a total of eight points. Blaine, that is just crazy. Nine wins. This is the part. I know that the word great gets used a lot. And a lot of times when people use great, they probably should use good. But in my opinion... With everything that we talked about, new coaches who 've never been in that position before, new coordinators, you know injuries, which is just a part of college football, the schedule that they played, so many big time teams early in the year on the road, to me, nine wins this year with all of those factored in, is a great year, and it could have been even better. When you look at those close games,
1: yeah, absolutely. But then remember, they had close wins. They did. They have and close losses. That's that's part of that roller coaster uh, that's mentioned in the first tweet. And so, if you asked, well, you guys did ask me at the beginning of the year what I thought, and I said, you know, with this schedule and the way the road shapes up, if BYU gets to seven wins, I'm going to be good with that. I was okay with seven. If they got to eight, I said that's that's a good season. Eight would be a good season. Nine, I thought, you know what? Now we're bordering on on great with with the schedule. And maybe I temper that a little bit with some of the teams weren't as good as we thought they might be, but they still have phenomenal talent um, at places like Mississippi State and Michigan State. Um, But then I said, if they get to 10 wins, we're going to be talking about this team like we talk about the 96 Cotton Bowl um, uh, Cougars. And so, to me, they were one win away from a great season. I thought this was a very good season, especially with all of the things that you mentioned that set up you know, and define what this season is. You
0: know, the other thing that really stands out to me and I'm going to remember for a long time is, is how impressive this defense was. And when, when Elisa Tuiaki was named the defensive coordinator, you know, he, he had not been in that position before. He's one of those coaches that we were talking about. And so you didn't really know what to expect. You, you know, you had heard maybe they're going to maybe go with a different scheme defensively, but not only was he a first time D coordinator, but He started two freshmen at key positions. He lost arguably their best player on defense in Travis and Didn't have him for the majority of the year. And, yes, the pass defense was not great. But the rush defense was absolutely stellar and completely eliminated the opposition's rushing attack. I thought the defense was phenomenal, which leads us to our stat of the day.
1: And that stat of the day is the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU ranks 15th nationally. And scoring defense, allowing 19.5 yards or points per game. See,
0: that's the thing that, that I, I liked about Yes, they gave up some yards. And teams were able to move the ball a little bit. But they kept them out of the end zone. They kept them from scoring. And at the end of the day, Blaine, that's the bottom line.
1: Well, and I like when guys deliver what they say they're going to deliver. So when you talk to Tuiaki and Ed Lamb and Genero Guilford and, and Steve Kafusi at the beginning of the year. And, and Kalani Sataki sets that tone from the top. They said, we're going to manage points. So we're going to be good in scoring defense, and we're going to be stellar in the run. The first thing we're going to do is stop people from running the football. Well, they ended up as a top 15 rush defense. They were top 15 rush defense all season long. So, I mean, my, my thoughts, BYU competed physically at the highest level. I mean, to me, that was big. Mississippi State, Michigan State, West Virginia, UCLA, those types of teams have unbelievable athletes, loaded with NFL talent, and I never had a game this season where I went, wow, BYU just wasn't fast enough or physical enough. And then the thing that stands out to me, Jamal Williams becomes BYU's all-time leading rusher. And he, sh- he shows off-the-charts leadership yeah. this season. I mean, I felt like his upbeat personality and work ethic were infectious to this football team. He got the rest of the team to buy in on this new coaching staff, along with guys like Harvey Longy and Kainaku on defense and, of course, Taysom Hill. So leadership, to me, was really evident on this football team.
0: The interesting part about that is you look at key guys, and I'm just, just talking on the offensive side. Taysom Hill, Jamal Williams, Nick Kurtz. None of them were supposed to be here this year. They all should have been gone, but because of injuries and things, they were able to be here, and I think that
1: that really helped that leadership. Well, and When you start a season um, and you lose three games early like they did, you have to have good leadership to be able to weather through that. You have to have that when you've got an established coach. When you've got a brand new staff and you start out like that, you're at risk for the team going, man, you know what? Maybe these guys don't know what they're doing. But because of the guys we've mentioned, that never happened. They, they always felt like they were on the right track. And, and when they were losing games, they were losing them close and they were competing. That senior group of leaders were telling the team, we're going in the right direction. We're going to win games. We're going to finish strong. And, and the way they played the last eight games of the season was phenomenal. They, they Off the charts in the, in the last eight games. And they got better every game all around. Um, defensively, offensively, they got better every game.
0: The conversation is happening right now on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN and join BYU Sports Nation. Our Twitter question: How would you define the 2016 BYU football season in one sentence? Let's get to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. Uh, at Broil Blue Coug, do you want to do this one? Yeah,
1: because I like it. This
0: this one I want. I want so, to hear how you do. So this they one. said,
1: whee! <laughs> that was fun. Let's do it again. I'm so it glad reminds you... me of the pig from the Geico. Go, wee wee! Wah, I'm so wee.
0: glad you did the... that. I was so afraid that whoever did that, that was going to end up being like a little drop. I can see
1: royal blue coog with two pinwheels in his hands just <laughs> wee. That was fun. It was up and down. It was a roller coaster ride. It was fun. It was
0: at Sir B Rob, a very successful work in progress. So he's happy, but not totally satisfied. Which I kind of like. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that.
1: Football leads into next season. That's why.
0: Yeah, chime well, in we'll, on the uh, the we'll Twitter talk about question. That a little bit. Don't forget to use the hashtag BYUSN. Coming up, starting point guard for women's basketball, Cassie Broadhead will join us in Studio B. But coming up next, it's not a Monday, so how about a Maddich Tuesday? Former Cougar, current ESPN college football analyst, Trevor Maddich is up next to BYU football and the college football playoff. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. The conversation is happening right now on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. Don't forget to use the hashtag BYUSN.
1: And tune in to After Further Review tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern time. We're going to look back at last week's BYU win on the Poinsettia Bowl and look ahead to the offseason. So join me, Dave McCann, Dave Nixon, who just got in an airplane in California, is on his way back. He's going to make it. Brian Logan, AFR tonight. That's at 7 p.m. Eastern, 5 Mountain on BYU TV.
0: Our Twitter question today, how would you define the 2016 BYU football season in one sentence uh, at it's a faux hammer, the most manageable, hardest season BYU has ever had? Okay. I think he's, that means
1: that he's not totally impressed. Well, he thought it was the hardest season, yes. and then Mississippi State wasn't as good as they thought. And 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 you know, and, and who else? Michigan State wasn't as good as they thought. So we thought it was going to be crazy hard, but maybe it wasn't crazy hard. Is that what he's saying? Maybe. You know what?
0: Let's I, ask I, our I next think, guest. I think that's what he's saying. Again, it's not on Monday. It's a Trevor Tuesday instead of a Madich Monday. Trevor Madich is joining us now on the Desert First Credit Union Hotline. Trevor, uh, let's, let's start out by asking you the Twitter question. How would you define the
2: 2016 football season? One of the most gratifying seasons and performances in recent memory.
1: Wow. That's, and he did it in one second.
2: He did it in one just, He just, took it literally. Just, I like just
1: it. Just what we asked. It, you had a chance to, to watch very closely that poinsettia bowl against Wyoming, Trevor, our old rival. Um, what do you make of uh, BYU's win over Wyoming in that poinsettia bowl?
2: I thought it was it was a different way than they've won some other games. It was a, a gritty fight the entire time. A lot of things weren't going well a lot of times. And Wyoming has got a lot of outstanding players. Keep in mind that Wyoming beat Boise State and eventual Mountain West champion San Diego State in the regular season. This is a very capable team. And this particular game, BYU, didn't win because of a stout defensive performance that looked pretty. Or... An offensive explosion like against Toledo that looked pretty, they had to win this game in the ugliest fashion, where the meanest guy who wanted it the most won, and so that's one of the things that made this gratifying to pick up their ninth win in a way that was that was unexpected and yet they 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 did it anyway.
0: Trevor, when a schedule comes out, we all do this. We look at it. Okay, well that should be a win. That should be a loss. Okay, that's probably the toughest. That's the the maybe the easiest win, but. You were on the ESPN radio call of the St. People yesterday as Mississippi State got the win on a blocked field goal. Was the win over the Bulldogs the best win of the season for BYU? I think on paper,
2: uh, very possibly, in part because while Mississippi State had some issues, they also have got some outstanding players on offense. Nick Fitzgerald, who is going to be Dak Prescott there, he's just a sophomore. But in talking to the Mississippi State coaches, they say that he is ahead of where Dak Prescott was in Dak Prescott's sophomore year. And he's a much better runner already than Dak. He's faster than Dak. He's bigger than Dak. And as a passer, he's about the same as Dak was at that time. And yet, BYU held him to 2.6 yards per carry. He only had 41 yards rushing. This is Nick Fitzgerald, who they're saying is already a better runner than Dak Prescott ever was. And so for BYU to, 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 to man up, and to stop one of the SEC's most effective, big, bludgeoning, running quarterbacks and stop him cold, I thought was a fantastic performance.
1: Trevor, in your role, you see a lot of great backs and have seen them throughout this season. So you know the types of running backs that are coming out this year into the NFL draft. Where does Jamal Williams fit into that group?
2: I think Jamal Williams will be a steal in the draft. There'll be a bunch of guys going ahead of him. Dalvin Cook of Florida State, Leonard Fournette of LSU, uh, Christian McCaffrey out of Stanford, likely to go ahead of him. But whoever gets Jamal Williams will have a guy that I think will have every bit the career that those other guys will, because he's a big, powerful runner. He's a guy that will grow in, in blocking and in the passing game, uh, and and he brings an infectious, positive spirit to your locker room. And I've got to tell you that there are a lot of general managers in the NFL that draft for that these days. One of them is in Washington. As a matter of fact, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up in Washington because they have a need for a guy like Jamal Williams. Scott McClellan is their general manager, and he says that one of the features that he looks for is somebody who loves the game of football, not just the benefits that come with playing the game, the money and the the notoriety and the reality shows, etc., And Jamal Williams is one of those guys who truly loves the game. He loves his teammates. He loves the process of it. And so I think he will end up as a guy that will be a very effective running back for a long time for whoever is fortunate enough to get him.
0: You know, Trevor, we always talk about, you know, which programs send guys to the NFL. And, you know, how important do you think it is for the BYU football program that Jamal be successful, and and not just Jamal, but any player from BYU. How important is it that they have success at the next level?
2: You know, it's helpful. Uh, It's really helpful because players, any more recruits, they want to get to the league. How you do in the league is up to you. But if the more guys that can get there, stay there, and then have their names out there, especially when they're introduced on Monday Night Football because they always say the college, that matters. That matters to recruits. And so, one of the things that negative recruiters will say is that, look, if you go to that place, they don't send very many guys to the NFL. Gee, there's got to be a reason, huh? Wink, wink. And so, it it does matter to recruits that they feel like they can get to the league from the platform in Provo, Utah. You
1: know, let let's switch to the most important position on the field. <laughs> As a quarterback. Wait, I'm talking about center. No, <laughs> no, I'm, no, I'm talking about a quarterback. Oh. What 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 would you like to see? We we got. Brief glimpses of Tanner Mangum in this new offense this season under Ty Detmer. We, we saw him start uh, and finish the, the Poinsettia Bowl. What what are the biggest things you need to see uh, from Tanner Mangum as he works during this offseason? What does he need
2: to improve? You know what? I want to see you know, Tanner Mangum or Bull Hodge or whoever. I think there will be a competition for quarterback. I, I wouldn't be too quick to say it's going to be Tanner's job. But I I think there'll be a pretty good competition there. But what they need to do is is bring more of an NFL mindset to the quarterback position, more of a mindset that you had, Blaine, when you played the position. And the thing is, I mean, I hope people. uh, I always I always want to remind people because I know they remember that in that Holiday Bowl in 1984, when Robbie Bosco got hurt, Blaine Fowler came in. And didn't just hold it together, but kept the ball rolling while, Blaine, while uh, Bosco was in the locker room getting his knee taped up like a piece of wood. Well, Michigan was trying like crazy to cause you to make a mistake, and you didn't, Blaine. You were one of the heroes of that game and one of the heroes of the season. And the mindset that you had is the mindset that, that Tanner Mangum or Hodge or whoever else starts a quarterback will need to have, and that is to understand not only your own offense, But just as well, study and understand the opponent's defense. In in this year, under the first season of Ty Detmer's offense, we didn't see a real effective passing attack. We saw some pretty good throwing from time to time. But a good passing attack in this kind of offense requires a quarterback to know pre-snap pretty much where he's going to go with the ball, then confirm it in the first one, one one-and-a-half seconds after the snap, and then get the ball out time to a spot. Oh, excuse me, get the ball out on time to a spot. And so uh, 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 like a sewing machine, like just a rhythm, it's like drop, step, throw, drop, step, throw, where when that ball's in the air, you just know in your heart it's going to be completed. It wasn't that way this year. And and, and why would it be when you've got, you know, uh, the first year of a new system? But next year they need to be closer to that. It needs to be closer to a precision machine like you were helping to operate, Blaine, when, when we won that championship in 84.
1: Well, let me tell you, Trevor, it's really easy, and it would be really easy if next year these quarterbacks had Trevor Maddich, Craig Garrick, Lewis Wong, uh, Dave Wright. Who am I missing? Robert and I. Oh, and Robert and I. How do I miss Robert? The one that told me I wasn't ever going to get touched in the bowl game, and it was his guy that actually touched me. But, but, but you put those five guys up in front, and, uh, and now you're in business because that protection is where it all starts for that quick passing game. Am I right?
2: Yeah, you're right. I think we only had, what, like 9 or 11, something like that, sacks the entire year that year. And and BYU has always been able to recruit a certain kind of guy. They could always get big guys on the offensive line who could drop anchor. They could always get a quarterback who could throw the ball. And they could always get smart, tough linebackers. And from there, you sort of build out from there. But... This offensive line now, I think, is kind of back to where they kind of want to be. They lost some weight. They became really cross-country runners for the go-fast, go-hard, which worked. It worked well. BYU dominated the fourth quarter. But I think now you'll see more of a pro style there and it fits in to one of BYU's recruiting advantages because they've always been able to get those guys.
0: Trevor, last thing for you before we let you go. The college football playoffs are, uh, are inching closer, of the, of the three other college football playoff teams, which one, Washington, Ohio State, or Clemson, do you believe matches up best with Alabama?
2: I think Clemson does because they've got what's necessary. The, the formula to beat Alabama this year is two things. One, a good enough defense to hold the score down like LSU did. Alabama's offense is pretty good, but it's not great. Number two a passing attack that can throw the ball on rhythm into tight windows to receivers that can go up and win a fight for the football. Clemson has both of those things. Washington, by the way, does as well. The question is, will they be talented enough to get it done? Because remember that Mike Tyson once said that every fighter has a plan until he gets hit in the mouth. Well, Clemson has the best plan and the best players, but Washington has the plan, too. The question is which one of them will perform as well with their plan when they're hit in the mouth by Bama's defense.
0: Trevor, great stuff as always. Appreciate the time, and uh, we'll be uh, be watching and listening uh, as you uh, continue stuff with uh, the football Playoffs on ESPN. Thanks, man.
2: Uh, thanks, Jason, and thank you, Blaine, for giving love to the O-line. That's one of the reasons uh, we always loved you.
1: I'm telling you, you guys were my protectors. You took care of me. And, by the way, on Twitter earlier they were making me talk about how much I loved – how as a center, your butt was up really, really high, and I didn't have to squat over that much to get it. And they were like, "Do you touch Trevor's butt?" And I said, "Probably as much as anybody else in his life, I've touched Trevor's butt." Oh.
2: Yeah, you know that—that's actually, you know, that's actually true. And and if it were the truth, I would say that that was one of my best experiences at BYU.
1: <laughs> I got to say this though—you never. That's why you and I are buddies for life and, and to th- forever. We're ever, forever tied because a quarterback and a center have a special relationship, and you and I always, always will. Thanks, Trevor. And
2: there's a relationship of trust that <laughs> That's you cannot right. abuse with stupid jokes. Exactly. That's right. Hey, there's yeah. no
0: better way to end an interview than on that <laughs> note. Thank you, Trevor. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Tr- Trevor Maddard joining us on the Desert First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Our Twitter question. I'm just gonna move past okay, that. Lane. Thank you very much. Uh, our Twitter question today. How would you define the two thousand sixteen BYU football season in one sentence? At Laser Sheep says the two thousand sixteen BYU football team were competitors in every sense of the word as they fought hard and won many close games.
1: Well and then you probably have
0: many leatherbound books yeah, as oh, well. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. And then uh is it Joseph Aw86? Uh, yeah. Two words going forward after a good start. To quote Charles Dickens, and we'd like to go out on a high level after highbrow, that talk about highbrow. Trevor's backside. Great expectations.
0: That's right. We'll get to more of your tweets coming up. You can answer the Twitter question. Coming up, though, she leads the women's basketball team in scoring and she joins us next. Look, right there. There we go. Cassie Broadhead is live in Studio B. This is BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back, sports friends. Jason Shepard, Blaine Fowler with you in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio and BYU TV.
1: Immense hoops begins West Coast Conference play Thursday night as they host Santa Clara at the Marriott Center. Game time, 9 p.m. Eastern time on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Dave McCann, and Spencer, and I will have the call.
0: Looking forward to it. Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU's all-time leading rusher, Jamal Williams, has found an agent. He signed with super agent Lee Steinberg over the weekend as he prepares for his NFL career. Uh, The next time you will see Jamal, it will be uh, as he participates in the Reese's Senior Bowl coming up on January 27th in Mobile, Alabama.
1: And Kyle Van Noy and Daniel Sorensen both did well this weekend in wins for their teams. Van Noy had seven tackles for the Patriots, and Sorensen recorded three tackles, one forced fumble, a fumble recovery. That's right. He did both yes. on the same play, which is impressive. You can create
0: the fumble and, uh, and get go it. get
1: it. And a win over the Broncos. Uh, two other Cougars had big games uh, this weekend and lost to Ziggy Anza, had seven tackles in one sack, and a loss to the Cowboys last night on Monday Night Football. And then Dennis Pitta coming back from the hip problems. Eight receptions, 75 yards, and a Ravens loss to the Steelers. But... He's back, and uh, watch out next season with a healthy Dennis Pitt on the Ravens.
0: Jimmer Fredette scored 43 points and had seven rebounds and four assists in a win on Christmas Day. Jimmer was also named a CBA All-Star over the weekend. Fredette leads the league in scoring at 39.1 points per game.
1: And then Tyler Hawes over the Christmas weekend had nine points and two assists in a win for Anvil in Poland.
0: All right. Uh, we, uh, you saw her as we were heading to break. Cassie Broadhead, the point guard for the BYU women's basketball team. Uh, happy post-Christmas, Cassie.
3: Yeah, thank you. You too.
0: So how was your Christmas? What did, you, did you do anything fun?
3: Yeah, we had four days off this year, which was awesome. <laughs> uh, that doesn't happen. My family came out from New York. And so we just hung out and just you know, relaxed, didn't do too, anything crazy. But it, it was awesome, though, four days off.
1: So your family came out. Did they all just come to, to your apartment and just stay there?
3: <laughs> I wish, right? Wow. I wouldn't have had to leave. No, uh, my parents have a condo in Provo. Oh, and okay. so we all uh, gather there. Um, every season.
1: So, what was the best gift you received for
0: Christmas? Yeah, what does Cassie Broadhead yeah, do ask you, for Christmas? The woman that has everything. What?
3: <laughs> I know, what do I ask for? No, one of the most unique gifts I've ever gotten was an egg tastic.
0: Well, now, what, what? is an egg tastic? Yeah,
3: so it's this little egg thing, and you put a real egg in it, you put it in the microwave, and it makes your egg in about one minute.
0: Like like a like a, scr- like a hard boiled egg or a scramble
3: a scrambled egg really it makes your egg
1: egg
0: tastic
3: grab that walk out the door I, and you're, you're and ready one minute, for
1: the day I, I need that it I is eat perfect. eggs every morning for breakfast yeah so but I scramble them up in uh, what's the kind of stuff uh, a skillet coconut oil. Oh. Oh. coconut oil it's obviously <laughs> not working I'm coconut
3: oil it's not working
1: right it's not working you can see right no
3: it works great no it's working great no, so it's not
1: now working. now
0: you, you mentioned what you, the egg tastic what what is the best Christmas gift you ever received. See, for me, like, it's hands down. I still remember this. It was, like, 1985, 86. I can't remember if I got it the first year. It was the original Nintendo. Like, that is oh, my favorite yeah, Christmas is... gift of all time. all time. What is yours?
3: It's got to be the Eggtastic. Really? Still? It's got to be. Like,
0: mm-hmm. wow. That's
3: topped everything. Oh,
0: wow, it tops everything. I don't know if that just means that you didn't get great gifts before.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Probably. No. <laughs> the eggtastic. All right. It's such a unique gift. Oh, I never would have thought.
0: And who got you the gift, by the way? Who?
3: My mom. Oh.
0: <laughs> Moms know. They, yeah, know. they know. Moms
1: they know. know. Makes know. life easier as a college student. I, I, I'm getting an egg-tastic, just so you know. and they <laughs> The
0: sales be, of egg-tastic. They by the should be the paying royalties now. to this show
1: right now.
3: Pre-advertisement.
1: Let's ask you a little bit about, about this basketball team. You guys went 6-5 and five in non-conference. Um, mm-hmm. So you start WCC play uh, this week. Uh, how do you feel the non-conference uh, has prepared you guys for WCC play?
3: Oh, extremely well. Um, we had one of the hardest schedules in, in the country, and we didn't do as well as we wanted to, um, but I think we learned a lot. Um, we came really close to beating some really top teams in the country, um, and so I know we're, we're not really impressed with our with our record, um, but we're impressed with how much we've improved, and, and kind of just knowing where we can improve and where we're really good um, sp- spurts through these hard games. We've seen like, we can play with these people, and it's only been one quarter each game where we've kind of fallen, um, and so I think that's very exciting for us. If we just play a whole game, you know, we we can be a top team, um, but it's just a matter of putting four quarters together.
0: I, I was talking with, with Christine Nielsen last week, and she said something that I'm kind of curious if, if you feel the same. She's like, you know, it's not the record we want, uh-huh. but we as you said we we knew it was a difficult non-conference it, it was done on purpose yep. so if going through this tough non-conference and having this schedule is what prepares us for conference play and the NCAA tournament then we'll take it is that how the whole team feels
3: oh completely i mean our goal this year is to win games in the in the big dance um, we're not we don't just want to get there we want to win games and and succeed and go far And so um, our coaches, they scheduled this on purpose to prepare us um, because maybe in years past we weren't necessarily prepared. Um, And so, yeah, it's not the record we want, um, but it's the schedule we wanted. And I think uh, this will prepare us to be successful at the end of the year.
1: So now your role individually on the team, you lead the team in scoring 16.5 points a game. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a little different look offensively than we saw last year. With Kylie at the point, uh, she was asked to just distribute the basketball, get them into the offense, and then, hey, if you're open – knock down the three, but you're actually asked to not only get the team into the offense and distribute, but to be a primary scorer. H- mm-hmm. how, how have you felt in that role?
3: Um, I honestly didn't know I would have that big of a role this season. Um, and it's a little different, because I have to get everybody else involved, but also I have to be aggressive and score myself, because I know I'm a threat. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a little bit more challenging. Um, but Kylie, I mean, she was a great point guard, and that's just what was the role we needed from her because we had Lexi who, who scored a lot of our points. And so um, we knew losing her and Kylie that we would have to – everyone's roles would change. And so me and Flora have had to step up and score a little bit more to fill that scoring role. Um, and I've also had to take on Kylie Maeda's role and, and kind of facilitate the ball. And so my job has been a little bit more difficult. Um, but, I you know, it's a fun job. I wouldn't ask for anything else.
0: Point guard Cassie Broadhead joining us here in Studio B on BYU Sports Nation. I want to ask you this, a a two-part question. Where do you feel the team needs to make the biggest improvement heading into WCC play, and where do you personally feel you need to make the biggest improvement?
3: Um, As a team, I think, like I said earlier, is putting a whole game together. We go in spurts where we're really good, and then we go in spurts where we're not focused. And we kind of lose game plan and lose what we're doing. So just putting that whole game together and playing as a team and being focused, and I think that's where we can improve the most. Um, And then individually, of course, I think there's a lot of things I need to improve on. Um, But I think keeping our team together um, when we're struggling, when we go through scoring droughts, um, I think that's where I've I've fallen the most. We've kind of when we don't score, it tends to be a huge time goes by and it's and so just working on um calling the right plays um and keeping the team together to where we can stop the bleeding um and go on our own run
1: so we were talking about this before you came on just at the break what was the game that I I came to I walked into the Marriott Center (laughs) the game was going there was 10 bazillion kids in the stands um that is the loudest that was louder than any men's game I've ever been at what was that Explain that to us, and what was that all about, and how was that to play in front of that kind of noise?
3: It hurt my ears.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there were a lot
2: of
3: people covering their ears yeah, that came. No. It was loud. Yeah, towards the end, they we are all just screaming at the top. Of our- we couldn't hear anything on the court. We couldn't hear whistles. We couldn't even hear the ball bouncing. We could hear absolutely nothing. And we were just like, we want to plug our own ears, but you know we're on TV, so we can't. Um, but every year, the kids come, and it's, it's a great time for them, and it's fun for us to have fans. You know, because we don't always have a ton of fans. Um, So it was just a blast to see all those kids. But, yeah, our our ears were hurting after that game.
0: (laughs) Obviously, BYU fans know uh, a player by the name of uh, Jimmer Fredette. I like to call him James Taft Fredette. Uh, But everybody else knows him as Jimmer. And you have a pretty kind of roundabout relationship with Mm -hmm. Jimmer Fredette. Now, you grew up in New York, Mm -hmm. and your your the high school that, yeah, see, Blaine's from, from upstate po- New York. We're upstate New Yorkers. Yeah, upstate which,
1: New York. Which she's my niece immediately. Immediately. Okay. Immediately she's my niece because she's from upstate New York.
0: But your high school and Jimmer's high school were rival high uh-huh. schools. So now obviously didn't play at the same time and things like that, but yeah. you've gotten to know him a little bit through his family who you're close to. You want, tell everybody how, how you, how do you, you actually get advice from Jimmer occasionally, right?
3: Yeah, so his family's in my stake, my home stake, uh, back in New York, and so uh, I got to know his family really well, and my parents, and so they kind of, my parents and his parents started the relationship, just kind of, hey, my my daughter wants to play at BYU, Um, so I I worked his camps back in New York, um, and his mom would actually write me letters in high school, and then my first couple years of here at BYU, she would write me letters, you know, this is what we think, this is how we feel, we know you're going to do awesome, and and just kind of telling me, oh, Jimmer says this. You should do this. Um, I got injured my senior year of high school, and so uh, she, she would often like give me quotes about how to be mentally tough. And Jimmer just explaining like how he got through his hard hard times. And so, yeah, I was always through letters or through my parents and talking to my parents. And so, yeah, it's kind of I've never, I don't have a real close uh, personal relationship with Jimmer like face to face, but it's definitely through letters and. And things and and working as camps so
0: so let's get back to to WCC play you guys uh, well will fly out tomorrow you play your first game uh, on the road at Santa Clara yeah. um, do, do you like starting it on the you guys have played a lot of either neutral site or uh, road games this year I mean yeah. is it just kind of par for the course that you're starting on the road
3: yeah I I think we feel comfortable on the road we've only had three home games and so it's not really a surprise that we're, we're leaving again. <laughs> Who's, who is
1: the biggest challenge? I know you may not want to single a team out, but is there a game in this league that this season you look forward to? You're going, man, that one's – you're going to go one game at a time, but if there's one you have to circle, what's that game?
3: It's always Gonzaga. Um, they have a great team. They beat uh, – I think it was Stanford earlier this year at Stanford. Um, and so they have a great team, and they're always competitive. I think uh, we're, we're respectful rivals. Um, and so I think each year we prepare – you know, a whole week ahead for them, and and that's that's a game that we have a lot of respect for, and um, yeah, we're just excited to play them, and also Santa Clara, they're a very good team this year, and so um, we're excited to go there and be able to hopefully get a, a win.
0: Cassie, thank you so much, great stuff. Have you signed our stretch wide flag back here?
3: I don't think
0: so, no. Okay, you know what, we're going to have you, uh, go ahead, you can sign... Anywhere anywhere? you would like to on that flag. And we're also going to give you some of the BYU Sports Nation karma.
1: It's a thing. yeah. It's it's a a real thing. thing.
0: It is a real thing. Uh, So this is for you and the BYU women's basketball team as you begin WCC play. So go ahead and sign wherever you want, and we appreciate you coming in. Great stuff. Our Twitter question, how would you define the 2016 BYU football season in one sentence? We'll get to more of that coming up. We'll get to your tweets on that. And how would you define the 2016 BYU football season in one sentence? Blaine and I have a few more thoughts. We'll get to those coming up next. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, Jason Shepard and Cassie Broadhead's uncle, Blaine Fowler. That's right. Live, not really. You had to see the last segment. Live from Studio (laughs) B. Remember, if you ever miss an episode of BYU Sports Nation Live, you can always catch the rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 Eastern.
1: Well, and don't forget to tune in to After Further Review tonight. 7 o'clock Eastern, 5 Mountain Time as we look back. Last week's BYU win in the Poinsettia Bowl. We're going to look ahead to the off season, make some very, very early prognostications about about next. <laughs> it's way never too early. early.
0: It is so never too early. We have the whole gang. The
1: whole gang. Dave Nixon is on his way. He's on an airplane right now, on his way back, so we can do the show tonight. We've got Dave McCann, Dave Nixon, Brian Logan, and myself tonight, seven p.m. Eastern at AFR.
0: Our Twitter question. How would you define the 2016 BYU football season in one sentence? Don't forget, when you chime in, use the hashtag BYUSN. Uh, at Matt Jepson
1: says, almost and barely. Yeah, that's, that's – I mean, it's accurate. <laughs> well, no, they barely won, and they almost <laughs> won a couple others. Yeah, I like it. So, no, that's a good that's, – that's and that's even less than one sentence. That's it is. Three words he got. Three
0: words. He's being efficient. I want to go back to two things that, that we talked about in the A Block, and they're both things that you mentioned. N- Number one, I, I want to go back to your take on Jamal and just how good he was. Clearly, he, first of all, what he was able to do, the yards he put up, he only did it in 10 games. I mean, he was injured, yeah. and even some of the games he played, he was not 100%. But what makes his numbers and the performance even more impressive in my mind is that he did that knowing teams were going to key on him and... BYU had a, a subpar passing attack this year. They knew they were going to have to key in on Jamal, and he still got the yards.
1: Yeah, that, that, I agree with you. That makes it even more impressive. So this is a BYU team this year that averaged 201 yards a game rushing and only 197.9, so 198 yards passing. And teams came into games, and they said, okay, number one priority, got to stop 21. So we're going to put a lot of people at the line of scrimmage. We're going to put eight people in the box. We're going to blitz. And if that doesn't work, we're going to put more people. Like We will just keep adding people to the front until we stop that guy from running the football. And here was the thing that was even more impressive than than that. Sometimes they stopped him early. But he was so determined and so physically conditioned that as the game wore on, he got bigger and bigger and bigger chunks. So he got better as the game went on, even against defenses that were designed specifically to stop him from running the football. It, it was phenomenal. And then take into account that the games BYU lost, he was either not 100% right. or out. Yeah. When Jamal was 100%, they just won football games. And, you know, that's that's part of college football. you got to be able to deal with that. in a back that gets that many touches sometimes is going to be nicked up. But the fact of the matter is, when he was healthy – and going at full speed, he was who he was in the point bowl. He was unstoppable.
0: You just mentioned in, in talking about Jamal, you mentioned physicality. You also brought that up uh, earlier in the show in, in talking about how at no point did BYU, and I don't even know if this is a word, get out-physicaled. You know what I mean? Like Like they were able to be just as physical as Michigan State or Mississippi State. At no point did they were they pushed around. I didn't get. No, I never got
1: that feeling. So two things I was looking for this season with the schedule, uh, and it, and this is doesn't matter whether Mississippi State had a winning record or Michigan State had a winning record. Those teams still have phenomenal yeah. strength and speed all over the field and multiple NFL guys. So the two things I was looking for, will they physically match up? So can they stand in there and block people and physically stand up? And then from a speed perspective, is there enough speed at the key positions for BYU to match up? Can, they run, can the corners run with people? Can the safeties get in position? Can the backers cover enough ground? And the answer after 13 games is a resounding yes. They have the speed. They have the physicality to stand toe-to-toe with Mississippi State, with West Virginia, with UCLA, who when BYU played UCLA before they lost about 11 guys to injury, was was a very talented NFL-laden you know laden team. And so I think it's a resounding yes. They have enough speed, and they're going to get more depth, but they got speed at the important positions. <laughs> they're physical enough up front. I'm telling you, I – down on the field watching Mississippi State warm up and then you know calling that game from up top and watching that defensive front those guys were beasts up there and and BYU did just fine that's that's a testament to how well and uh they, this team worked in the offseason how physical they are
0: well and just imagine if you're the coaching staff it's one thing if you're going back and looking at the film and going man we just were never in this. We are just getting manhandled. That wasn't the case. That's not something that when they look back on the film, they, we got to work on. They're, they're in there. You're right. The, the, the work that they put in in the off season paid off, and they were able to match up regardless if they were from the Big Ten or the SEC or the Pac-12 or whatever the case may be. That's got to be a great feeling for the coaching staff that you don't have to worry about that aspect of it.
1: But you think Utah and Stanford in the Pac-12, that's a league we see all the time because they're right around us, are considered the two most physical teams in that league, year after year. Wow, Utah is so physical. Stanford is so physical. BYU is very similar to those two teams up front now, and uh, and they can build on that. And you're going to see this passing game uh, expand next year. Now that they've established they're going to be physical and nasty up front on both sides of the ball, it's nothing but good things for the future.
0: How would you define the 2016 BYU football season in one sentence? Uh, That is our Twitter question. I absolutely love this tweet. At Educator Jones, it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was mainly the best. The worst only came by eight points.
1: (laughs) I love it. I I like it. I like it. It's eloquent.
0: And it's spot on, without question. Coming up, Jimmer goes off in a game on Christmas. And will Mitch Matthews find a home with the L.A. Rams? It's the Cougar Whiparound coming up next. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Let's whip it.
1: It's time for the Cougar Whiparound. Football. BYU all-time leading rusher Jamal Williams signed with agent Lee Steinberg over the holiday weekend as he prepares for his NFL career. Cougars in the NFL. Kyle Vanoy
0: and Daniel Sorensen both did well this weekend in wins for their teams. Vanoy had seven tackles for the New England Patriots. Two other Cougars had big games in their losses. Ziggy Anza had seven tackles and one sack and a loss to the Cowboys last night on Monday Night Football. Dennis Pitta had eight receptions for 75 yards in a Ravens loss to the Steelers. Back to Daniel Sorensen, he recorded three tackles. Also had one forced fumble and a recovery in a win over the Broncos that sent them home for the year. Uh, He was uh, also named the hashtag Out of Nowhere Player of the Year Award for the Chiefs in 2016. He wasn't
1: out of nowhere for us. Of course not. But he's out of nowhere for those fans. And then lastly, Brett Tesler uh, reports that the Los Angeles Rams are bringing Mitch Matthews in for a workout tomorrow. Uh, Matthews. Recently with the Cleveland Browns and the Kansas City Chiefs going to get an opportunity to work out and maybe uh, get picked up by the Rams. Jimmer.
0: Fredette scored 43 points and had seven rebounds and four assists in a Christmas Day win. Jimmer was also named a CBA All-Star over the weekend. Fredette leads the league in scoring at 39.1 points per game.
1: Cougars overseas. Tyler Haas over the Christmas weekend had nine points and two assists and a win for Anvil in Poland.
0: Future guests on the program coming up tomorrow. Steve Cleveland will join us, President Coach Steve Cleveland, and also my co-host tomorrow, uh, the one and only Greg Rubel will be uh, in in that seat right there. Uh, Today's Rise and Shout is brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most, DexterLaw.com. We were were talking about this in the break. You really can't go wrong giving the Rise and Shout to Jimmer Fredette. Literally, you could give it to him every day. We're going to give it to him today. 43 points. He was named an all-star, leading the league at almost 40 points a game. You can't go wrong he's, with that. He's
1: found, his, he's found his shot again, and he's got his confidence back, which I thought he did in the D-League as well. But, man, will somebody just give that guy an opportunity.
0: The guy can play, just needs a chance to prove it. How would you define the 2016 BYU football season in one sentence? That is our Twitter question. Use the hashtag BYUSN at CL underscore living from Jake the Make to Kai's INT the Jamal Fence was the never-quit effort of the whole team.
1: There you go. And then how about Mr. Flintstone94, Mr. Flintstone at Mr. Flintstone94, one of the most crazy, fun, heart-pounding, and exciting BYU football seasons I've ever seen. It, amen to that. Amen. You know what? It's
0: Games can be close. And yeah, it gets a little frustrating, but you can never say that you weren't entertained this year. Our elite tweet of the day comes from at still taste, at still team Taysom. All right, here we go. Uh, 2016, at, wait, BYU uh, 2016 BYU football. 2016 okay, BYU football. Okay, all right. There we go. Alright, spelled it phonetically. Okay. And then so all right and then there's more uh, number one the most exciting slash disappointing slash satisfying season in a very long time special thanks to our guests <laughs> Cassie Broadhead and Trevor Mattis, to show on demand byusn.com for Blaine I'm Jason shout out to John Tate see you tomorrow.